Good morning and welcome to Coffee Side Chats. We're actually recording in the morning today and I'm super excited. Um, I'm Janelle. And I'm Malik. And this is our podcast where we talk about whatever two friends would talk about over a cup of coffee. So Malik, what are you drinking today? I'm back to the my, my favorite Texas pecan here. Uh, just my normal. Didn't do anything special today because I didn't want to go buy any more coffee. So I <laughs> drank what I have. I'm doing a repeat too. I'm back to Pete's because I just really like Pete's and it's so good. So that's funny that we both did a repeat and didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just easier that way. <laughs> Pete's always reminds me of my sister who's in Chicago right now. She's moving back to Chicago. And that's why I think of Pete's because she always had it while she lived there. And she just moved back and she took a road trip with my brother. And I'm so jealous because they look like they're having so much fun. Speaking of road trips, what are we talking about today, Malik? So we're going to talk about transportation, just in general, not any, not in a particularly narrow topic. You know, what are some of our interests? You're going to have to explain the, the highway system to me because I don't really get it. <laughs> um, our, di- our ideas on public versus personal transportation, ride sharing, I made cars and a few other things. So yeah, that's what we're going to do today. I'm so excited about this topic. I could talk about transportation all day. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, I figured when we were de- thinking about topics, I'm like, this is one she's been waiting on for a while. So let's go ahead and get this one going. Don't know yeah, how this long this is going to be. This was one of our original topic ideas that we pitched and we're like, maybe we'll do this. I think I probably put it on there because I was like, what can we talk about all day? I was like, I could talk about transportation all day. So that was like nine months ago that we put this on the list. But it made it. Episode it seven. made it. I'm so excited. <laughs> Okay, so I guess we'll go ahead and get started. So what, what about transportation in general piques your interest? Because, you, you know, obviously you're really excited about it. So, um, I remember one of our mutual friends a long time ago, I was telling him all of my favorite cities and what I liked about cities. And he pointed out that the first thing I notice about a city is how easy it is to get around. So that's my first impression of anywhere I go is how did I get there? How easy or how difficult was it to get there and how easy or difficult was it to get around? Because it's so important to my perspective of a city. If I can't get from place to place, I'm not going to enjoy it. If I can get from place to place super easy and I don't even notice how I got there, I'm going to like that city so much better. Um, And it plays such a big role in communities and how you connect with each other. And it's based on just this massive history of the United States <laughs> and how everything works um, and like just keeping people connected because again if it's easy to get from place to place you're going to be connected with people if it's really difficult you're going to stay in a very small area um, and I also feel like transportation is the one thing that everyone agrees that they hate nobody likes transportation no matter what field they're in even the transportation director at the city of Austin even he was like yes Traffic in Austin sucks. I know. (laughs) And so everybody agrees that it's just rough and it's going to be rough no matter what. And I just get really excited about why does it work the way that it works and what are people doing to fix it and how can I step in and fix it? And also like cars are, were for such a long time, um, kind of that 
idea of freedom. And if you had your own car and you had a license, then you had the keys to freedom, like literal keys to freedom. And you could go do what you wanted. You could go get a job. You could go on a road trip. You could go do whatever you wanted um, because you were able to get yourself around. I also really like cars, but that kind of leads into transportation instead of transportation leading to cars or me like just really liking cars. I like transportation better and cars just happen to be part of that. That <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Sorry, okay. that was a really long explanation, but that's why I like transportation. I hope that answered the question. No, that, that's a great answer. <laughs> um, so, I've, you know, I drive a lot of places and, you know, always taking a highway, but I never understood the highway or interstate system, like why things are numbered the way they are. So I'm sure you could explain this to me because I just have never really paid attention to the other, you know, when we were looking, thinking about this topic, I was thinking hmm. that might be something that we can talk about, might be good to know. I don't remember when I learned this, but I learned a long time ago why U.S. highways are numbered the way they are. So I looked it up, and the numbering system was formed in 1926. So we've had the same highway numbering system for almost 100 years, um, and it's really actually pretty specific. So in the contiguous United States, if it's a north and south highway, it's going to be numbered... Um, Oh, I got to think about this. It's going to have an odd number. And if it's a east and west highway, it's going to be an even number. If it ends in a five, then it runs from border to border. And if it ends in a zero, it runs from border to border. So in Austin, we had, or in San Antonio, we had a really good example of that. And um, it was Interstate 10 and Interstate 35. So Interstate 35 runs from the border of Mexico all the way to the Canadian border. I think it actually ends in one of the lakes, um, but it might run through Canada, I can't remember. And Interstate 10 runs from Georgia. Is Georgia on the coast? Or is there Carolina between it? <laughs> it runs from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, and so those are just really great examples and that's where I figured that out. So those are all federal highways, they're all US routes, US highways. Um, and then if it's, there's something about if it's three numbers. Three-digit numbered highways are generally spur routes of parent highways. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Oh, okay. So in, um, in San Antonio, there's another good example. There's Highway 10 that goes across, and there's 410 that goes all the way around. Um, and... This was explained to me. I've never confirmed this, but if it starts with a four, it goes all the way around the city. If it starts with a two, it only goes halfway around the city. And then the second two numbers are the highway that it is. So the four means it goes all the way around the city, and the 10 means it's Highway 10. Got it? Got cool. it. <laughs> so that's why the highways are numbered the way they are. So it makes so much sense. And so if somebody's telling you a highway, you can easily figure out, like, can I take this highway from coast to coast? So Highway 20, we took that when I moved up um, to Oregon. Mm -hmm. We like took 10 and then we had to break off and get to 20 and 20 took us the rest of the way to Los Angeles. Um, and then five is the first highway that goes from coast to coast, goes from west to east. Um, and so five goes all the way up. Also in California, they call it the five. I still don't know why. But in Oregon, they make it a point to say I-5 every time, which I also think is weird because in Texas, we just call it 10. 
yeah. I'm going to take 10 from place to place. I'm going to take 35 from place to place. But in Oregon, they're like, oh, we have to have another indicator of what it is. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> just say five. You don't need to say the. You don't need to say I. You just say five. Yep. I take it 20. Makes sense you know, <laughs> and when I you know, lived in Dallas, I'll get on 20 or get on 35. That's it. Yeah. We all know what it means. Yeah. There's no extra explanation needed. I don't understand. They're like, oh, you would get confused which one it was. I was like, there's literally only one five in all of Oregon. What are you talking about? But apparently it's confusing for people. I don't understand. But yeah, that's the highway system. And I love that it's so orderly and you can figure it out so quickly. I just really appreciate that it's so neat and tidy and somebody came up with it and was like, this is what we're going to do. And we've stuck with it all this time. Now, It's way too late to change it now. Way too late to change it now. If you change it now, it's just going to be stupid. Don't change it now. Um, And it makes so much sense. So there's no reason to change it. And I really appreciate that every once in a while, there are those things in transportation that just make so much sense. Sometimes there's not, but sometimes there is. Um, Side note, this is only for U.S. highways. This does not apply, apply for state highways. So don't at me and say, oh, it doesn't work because it works. <laughs> Trust me. Just for the federal ones. Just for federal highways. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So, the, but you brought this up earlier talking about cars, um, you know, being, you know, a good way uh, to get around um, personal transportation, but then a lot of cities have public transportation too. And depending on the city you live in, it really depends on how developed those uh, public services are because some cities don't have it nearly <laughs> nearly developed enough um, and some are really really good about it so yeah texas cities are a really great example of that too because they're so spread out and because of the soil in texas it's really hard to build like underground railroad si- rail systems so in new york they have a great subway system and when they were building it So it's not great now and people in New York will say like it's not awesome now and it breaks down all the time. But when they were building it, they knew like we have to build it now or we're never going to build it. And it caused so much chaos when they were initially building it because you were literally ripping up the city for a while um, to put in this thing that they were like nobody's going to use. And now everybody uses the subway system there. Um, And it's just one of those evidences of you have to put forward the effort to begin with and you have to cause a little bit of pain to have a significant benefit. Um, But Texas cities just can't do underground because the soil in Texas just won't. (laughs) You can't even really have basements in Texas most of the time. You're not going to build a subway system. Yeah, you you can't have the line move, you know, five inches (laughs) over a decade because guess what? No no trains are going to make it. It's not going to make it. It's not going to work. And also in Texas, they were kind of developing and really growing really fast during the suburban movement. So in the suburban movement, everyone was like, oh, everyone's going to have a car. Everyone's going to live outside of the city and nobody's going to need public transportation. So there was just this national movement of don't worry about it. We don't need public transportation. So now all these Texas cities are kind of patchworking it together and saying, well, how do we fix it? because now we need it and we realize how necessary public transportation is. Um, And so there's just a lot of mess around that. Um, And so that's why San Antonio's just 
does not work very well. I love San Antonio to death. Their public transportation is not great. I remember when we first moved to Texas and watching the news and they did some investigative study about, it was a very casual study, but they tried to take a bus from the north side of San Antonio to the south side and it took all day. And I'm not saying like an hour, like all day. Wow. To take the bus. And so they realized like San Antonio's public transportation system sucks. And that's why they have so many cars. Um, but when you have more cars, while it gives you a lot of freedom because you can say, I'm going to go here now and just get in the car and go. And it's a lot of independence and it's a lot of freedom. Um, but then you have so many cars and people spend more time looking for parking than driving sometimes. Um, and when you have more cars looking for parking, then you have more cars on the road than are already on the road. And um, it just creates a lot more traffic, which people hate. Um, so there needs to be, I think, a better balance between how many people are taking tra public transportation, how many people are taking cars. Because while there's a time and a place for both, and I fully recognize that, um, as long as you're living in a city, especially a city as big as San Antonio, you should be able to, if you want to, not have a car. Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah. In Austin, I was able to. And I have been pointing back to this for a while now, for a whole week. I was able to give up my car to one of our mutual friends because um, he needed to go to Dallas for a little bit. Didn't have a car. He didn't know how he was going to get there. The bus system just wasn't going to work out for the right timing. And he was like, I don't know if I can really plan when I'm coming back. Um, and so I was like, listen, take my car. I'm fine. And I was able to take my bike and take the bus wherever I needed to go for a whole week. Yeah. Which was awesome. And I'm not saying that Austin's transportation is the best in the world either. And I think they acknowledge that too, that they have a lot of growing to do and a lot of changes that need to happen. Um, but I was able to do it and it was fine. And I lived in a pretty fortunate area. I lived in the center of Austin and I was a 20 minute bike ride from my church. I had a bunch of stuff right around me. So it worked out just fine because I was in a fortunate area. Um, and if I really needed to, I could walk to campus. It would be a long walk, but I could. Um, and I had a lot of friends with cars if I needed a ride somewhere. Yeah, Austin seemed to have jumped on it a little bit earlier than San Antonio did, so they are working on it. Um, from living in Dallas for so many years, we have DART, Dallas Area Rapid Trans Transportation, and they are really, really good about you know getting you from one side of the city to the other. They have light rail everywhere, so you know all the electric trains run all over the place, and they work really really good so dallas was really um, on top of their game it has its issues every now and then but you can really go without having a car at all in dallas if you live in the, the city area as you get further out obviously there's nothing <laughs> there's no transportation once you get out outside of the city limits of dallas but if you live in dallas you can get anywhere you need to without that much difficulty um so yeah it's it's was pretty nice yeah um i wanted to take the dart so bad last time i was in dallas i flew in from oregon for a concert with my brother and he was still going to be in class and my sister was still going to be in class and so i was like oh i'll just take the train 
get as close to your place as I can and just kind of hang out in Dallas for a little bit until one of you guys can come pick me up. And then both of them, their classes ended up getting canceled or something. So they were able to get me and it was fine. But I was like, I was so excited about taking the dart and getting to see it. I was like, ah, I want to know how it works. Uh, in Portland, they have the Max, which is their equivalent of darts train. Um, or at least what people call the dart. Um, and I really like the Max. I'm able to park in a neighborhood get on the max and go all the way to the airport and I can jump off and I can get around and go see stuff. And it runs right through a lot of really cool stuff in the city. So it's like a couple of blocks. And then I was able to take public transportation and take the train in Vancouver, um, BC when I was up there in Canada. And I was just so excited to be like, let me see how this train system works. Um, and I just think it's so cool to see how different cities figured out different solutions and where they decided that the train needed to be going through. Because that also plays such a big role of like, what's important to people taking the train? Yeah, park and ride, one of the best additions to public transportation ever. <laughs> because especially living, you know, in Dallas, the DFW area, you know, we live a little bit further outside the city. So we drive to a park and ride station and you go into downtown and we went to graduations that way. We went to New Year's Eve uh, celebrations that way. You know, you just get in so you don't have to drive through terrible terrible <laughs> dallas traffic in the middle of the day you could just go park your car and then it's you know 15 20 minutes on the train and you're good to go i think that's something that's really lost in the independence argument of having a car is um like you're so much freer when you can just leave your car in a parking spot way outside of town get on the train and you can talk you can move around you can read you can do whatever you want and then you can get off go do whatever you want and you don't have to go back and find your car um like if you end up i don't know dallas streets i'm trying to pick austin streets but i don't take the train in austin um like if you're in portland you can be at powell's bookstore and then wander around end up somewhere else and jump on at a different station get on a different train or even take the bus to get to a different stop um and end, end up back where your car is instead of trying to figure out like, oh, how do I get back there? Where did I park? What did I do? How do I get to where I'm going? And being able to just like jump on and off so much freer. I think the same thing about my bike. When I park my bike somewhere, I lock it up and then I walk around and like the same thing about my bike with a car. And then someone will offer me a ride home and I'm like, uh, I can't because I have to take my bike <laughs> and so just that it's like a little anchor to me and I'm like I gotta take this with me what am I supposed to do with it but if you take the train like you're suddenly so much freer because you don't have to worry about getting your car from place to place you mm -hmm. just have to get you from place to place and eventually you'll get back to your car or get back to where you're going well another part of the um, public transportation that's a little bit better than personal transportation on like the car level, especially is like a lot of the cities now have uh, apps that you can download to show you where the buses are and the schedule and all that. So you can, you know, basically plan out an entire trip. When I would go to the fair in Dallas, we, that's what we would do. We buy our tickets on the app get everything. And we know exactly when the trains are coming, when the buses are coming, all that's always all um, lined up and they update it for if there's any uh, outages or anything. In the car, you know, 
sometimes if you have like a Bluetooth thing on your phone, you can find your car later, but you don't really have to worry about any of that when you're um, taking uh, public transportation when they have, especially when they have the apps, you just look up, okay, I need to go here to here. What time do I need to be at the stop? And it's so nice and so clean. And um, yeah, saves a lot of time and a lot of hassle. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a hassle. Like if your bus is late or um, you don't know exactly where the next bus stop is for the bus you're trying to take, that can be kind of confusing. But once you figure it out and if you've lived in a city for a couple months, like I think it maybe only took me a month to figure out the bus system in Austin and figure out which buses I could take home at any given time um, and know like which ones were more frequent, wherever the nearest stops and recognize those numbers. I think a lot of, from what I've heard and what I've read, a lot of the argument between public transportation and cars has been around just that fight of car owners and car makers saying, we don't need public transportation. Everyone needs a car. Everyone needs to be driving their car all the time. Um, And car owners arguing, like, if you bring in a bus system, there's not going to be any parking for me, which... Like we're talking about, if you take public transportation, you don't need a parking spot. Um, and so there's just been a lot of fighting between those groups and people who think we don't need public transportation because it's going to impede on their ability to drive where and when they want. Which is really frustrating to me because I'm like, you're taking your privilege in the fact that you can afford to own a car and hurting somebody else who can't afford that or maybe would rather not um, and also hurting the environment. So chill, let us make this improvement. Yeah, because it, it doesn't have to be, you know, people who have cars and versus people who don't. Like there is definitely a way to coexist in this. And it's not really like, like you said, everyone can't just have a car. There's so many things that come with owning a car not to mention, like, if you just leave out gas <laughs> and a place to park it, you're still looking at all the maintenance and all, you know, and then there's the environmental effects. And so it's, there's so many things that come with owning a car that everyone really doesn't want to have to take that burden, even if they can afford it. That doesn't mean they want to have that extra burden on their life. So there should be options. Yeah, there really should be options. That was an option I had, and I think everybody should have that option. Definitely agreed. Uh, another option that is much more recent um, is ride sharing, which is something that has gone through some ups and downs, you know, with some aggressive nature of companies like Uber. Oh, man. Kind of jumping into places without, you know, thinking about what they're doing to, to, that, to the areas they're moving into. Um, but I think that's also another good idea, especially if someone has a car that, you know, hey, there's a lot of my time where I'm not, you know, working another job. So then I can, you know, help people get around from place to place and I get, you know, paid for it. And that, you know, it's another economy that people can have. So, yeah. And I think that is another good thing for like the good side of ride sharing is like with the buses, if you're going out and you go out and you have too much to drink and you maybe don't aren't fully aware of which bus am I supposed to be taking right now and you get on the wrong bus or you miss your stop and you have to stumble home in the dark and you don't know where you're going because you're a little bit intoxicated, maybe an Uber would have been better at that point. So you have your address already in there. Just say, pick me up. They come and get you. 
take you right where you need to go. And that sounds significantly better and safer than trying to figure out a bus system, especially if you don't know it. Yeah, for sure. But they are filling the needs of the places where the public transportation has failed. Um, Like if you live in a neighborhood where like a bus just isn't super accessible or if you have to take like five transfers to get where you're trying to go. Um, And so they fill that market, which I think is really great. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have such a sour taste about ride sharing and all the fighting that's gone on with it. I'm like, can we just get along? Would make things much easier. So much easier. Um, You said you take Uber and Lyft and other ride sharing companies? I I have in the past where, especially when my car broke down, (laughs) it it made things pretty easy because where I lived, there wasn't that, you know, great of a, that many bus routes. So, and then you, I would take them if we went to like a music festival, especially in Austin, you know, I'm not trying to drive and park doing South by. Or, and parking is like 20, yeah. 30 bucks. Yeah. Heck, even sometimes going just to 6th Street, like, I don't feel like <laughs> dealing with the garage right now. So um, mostly good experiences. Most of the time the um, drivers are pretty, pretty good. And they're, you know, they're not trying to force you to talk to them or anything like that. It's just get in the car, you know, get taken where you need to go and be done. So that's... Um, that's been nice. I did have one where <laughs> it was right after ACL. We were going back and we were basically in in the in the um, lift and he was driving a little bit fast and a little bit erratic. And I was like, this is kind of sketchy, <laughs> to, to be honest. I was like, this is a little bit sketchy with how fast he's driving. But I guess we'll we'll make it, you know, we'll make it work. And it was it was an interesting initial um, conversation because he's like, yeah. Sorry, the car is not super clean. I'm working on getting a new car. I was like, I just need to get, like, at the end of the day, we were just tired. I really didn't care. (laughs) I just need to get from point A to point B so we could go home. So, yeah, that was very interesting. Um, My number one concern with that is the same as with taxis, um, that you're just driving around in a loop for a long time, waiting for somebody to call you over, which I'm like, can we please just, like, park them somewhere until someone calls you because it seems like such a waste yeah, and also true. sorry <laughs> also it seems like all the reports of uber are like they're not paying enough and lyft they're like well this isn't working these are all the scams that are going on with all the different uh, ride sharing things and that they can be so sketchy and dangerous for some people at the same time like taxis are also dangerous and not, don't always pay well and so you get some of the same things so it's not a thing versus taxis it's like all ride sharing including taxis have these concerns yeah which is put a lot of companies in the spot where they want to start looking more at automated cars that's why a lot of you know a lot of money especially once tesla got going um they don't have that many cars per se in sheer number, but the mind share is so big and important with like electric cars and more automation that a lot of companies are like, well, maybe we should focus on that and get the driver aspect out of it, you know, because that way you get less of those human problems, put it that way. You get less human problems when you don't have drivers, but that would also kill a lot of jobs that people have been, you know, using to, 
help them, you know, get from bill to bill and things like that. So it's a double-edged sword on that one, I think. Human problems. <laughs> best, way, best way to put it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I watched, it wasn't really a documentary. I don't remember what it was, and I have no idea how to find it anymore. But I remember watching some sort of documentary type thing about driverless cars way before this became big news. And it was just like an idea. Um, and it's coming true. And I'm like watching it come true. I'm like, oh my gosh, I saw the future like 15 years ago. Um, but they were talking about driverless cars and how people can just like call a car. It'll show up at the house and they can jump in and um, it'll take them exactly where they need to go. And there won't be street signs. There won't be any speed limits because the cars will communicate with each other. And so there won't be any accidents because all the cars will just kind of let each other know like, hey, I'm here. Don't hit me. And the other car will be like, oh, there's a car there. I'm not going to hit it. Uh, and they'll just kind of like work around each other. And so everything will be so much faster and everything will just work so seamlessly because all the cars will be on the same brainwave, which I think is such a great idea, but it's not going to happen because of capitalism, but it's okay. Um. <laughs> we might we might eventually get there. The thing is going to really be the key. I think is all the cars will have to be auto- automated. There can't be right. any any human drivers at all. <laughs> all the cars have to be automated and they all have to be on the same brain. Yeah. Or, or even like all the technology has to be equal. Whether or not they're talking on the exact same, you know, like protocol, all of the technology has to be the same because you can't have some cars with the really advanced stuff and some cars with, eh, this mostly works. Can't have that. It has to be all or nothing. And so that's why I would think it would be, you know, 20, 30 years before we're, before Americans just give up their cars. Right. It has to be an all or nothing thing. And so, but a lot of, you know, like I have younger brothers and not that much younger than me, I guess 10, 10 years and 12. Um, but they don't, they really weren't interested in getting licenses or driving anywhere. So, so it's one I like, I wonder if that's like a, a um, pattern that's going to emerge where people just don't want to have to drive and that would actually help. <laughs> you know, people just don't want to drive. Everyone who's, you know, growing up now and eh, just Uber or just Lyft or, you know, just whatever, you know, we all just carpool, things like that would actually make that transition a lot easier. But people like me, I'm not ready to go with my car. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm part of the problem on this one. I'm trying to find there is a story about a neighborhood in Canada, and I think it's in Toronto, where like it's this very new system where they will not allow cars in the neighborhoods, um, which I think is wild. Like, can't even imagine having a neighborhood with no cars. Can't get over it. That just seems so crazy to me. Um, but so cool but i'm with you like every time i think about giving up my car long term like i can give it up for a week no big deal but to not be able to get my car and go on a road trip or leave my house at 12 at night to go to the grocery store because i feel like it um just i can't no i really 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 like having my car (laughs) And I really like my car and I like taking care of my car. And yes, it's super expensive and it costs me so much more than it would if I were able to just bike everywhere or 
I live in a town that does not have really great transportation, so I wouldn't be able to take the bus everywhere. Um, but even if I lived in Austin, like I, I just like having it and I like having that option. <laughs> yep. It's all about the option, right? It's the, the option is the most important part because <laughs> there's, you know, when I need to go do something, whatever, I just want to be able to do it. As long as there's gas in the car, <laughs> just go where I want. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I just can't do it. So I'm also part of the problem. And I know there are so many people we do, um, in my town, it's called graffiti weekend. Um, and it's just this big celebration of old classic cars. And that's such an ingrained part of so many people's idea of classic America is those classic cars. Um, and to give that idea up and say, oh, the new American way is no cars. Uh, that mm, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. That's going to be such a stretch. <laughs> In tangent, kind of. In Bolivia, where my sister lives, they have... Um, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's basically Day of the Pedestrian. Um, I was trying to remember what it was in Spanish, but I do not remember. Um, and so it's at least once a year. It might be more than once a year. It's my sister's favorite holiday. And on that day, no one drives their cars. And you just walk around. And so it's a national holiday where everybody just doesn't drive and walks around. And so they have like... Um, picnics on the sidewalk and just kind of hang out in the streets all day and I'm like this is the best thing ever and everyone takes their bikes everywhere and there's a similar thing in I don't think it's technically for pedestrians I only remember hearing about this once and it was in one of my classes in college um, about a similar thing in Israel and Jerusalem and it might be because there's a different holiday where you're not supposed to work at all and I, uh, I wish I remembered the de details I wish I'd looked this up before um but like you can see pictures of just tons of people on their bikes in the middle of the road and not a car in sight and i just think it's the coolest thing i wish america had something like that because we have like bike to work day but nobody really participates or maybe like a couple people participate but they're people who are probably already biking to work once in a while anyway or have a job where they can, like my job right now, I can't because sometimes I'll get to work and they're like, oh, you got to go cover this assignment 20 miles away. Go. <laughs> like, oh, okay, bye. I have to get in my car and go. I can't rely on a bike in that situation. Um, so, yeah, I wish we had something more like what was happening in Bolivia and Jerusalem because I think that'd be so cool. Yeah. So, um so something you, you talked about a little bit earlier about how transportation affects communities and how do you think, you know, what improvements need to be made to help that be better? It's something that's really dependent on each city. Um, you can't put a one size fits all box into every city and say, this is what you need. Um, because some cities have already made steps like Austin made sure to take some steps towards public transportation a long time ago um, when they were still small enough that they could. There's been a lot of pushback on that, so it hasn't gone as far as they want to. 
Um, but then San Antonio was way behind. It was like, oh, we're already really big. Now let's do public transportation. Um, I think making sure that you're listening to communities and asking communities, what do you need? Um, what is most important to you is the first step. And then really evaluating where cars are not necessary. Um, I think that's my biggest thing is trying to figure out like how can we cut back on cars because they cause so many issues in and of their own right. And again, I really love cars. I really like my car. <laughs> this is not some like abolish all cars in the United States today. No, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but if we can just cut back on it a little bit and encouraging people who were able to to bike and walk more if possible, making sure there's more bike racks available, making sure that um, bike routes are available that are accessible from important places. Um, like I know in a lot of towns, like the bike route will just end in the middle of the road. You're like, oh shoot, I'm in the middle of this very busy road with a lot of really fast cars. I'm not doing this again. And it can be really intimidating for someone who's not an avid biker or even like knows how biking works in a city. Um, and so that's really important. And then making sure that's included in driver education. I think that's actually probably the biggest thing is making sure driver education also includes understanding of public and um, alternative modes of transportation. Because if you don't realize that the street starts at the sidewalk and you don't realize like I need to stop before I get to the sidewalk, check for pedestrians and bikes, then move up and check for cars. And that's just not ingrained when you're taking that education, you're not going to be aware of it. Yeah, and it's true. not something you're going to pay attention to. And eventually you're going to run into a tense situation. Maybe you won't hit someone, but at some point you're going to pull up too far and there's going to be somebody who like almost hits you or you almost hit them. And it can be really scary if you're not consciously thinking about that all the time and understanding the street starts at the sidewalk. Um, yeah, and makes sense. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things. And understanding like what are the bike laws? Because I didn't know what the bike laws were until I looked them up um, because I wanted to bike around Austin. Not because somebody in driver's ed told me this is what you're supposed to do when there's a bike. I had no idea. Yeah, and so I did most of my learning to drive in a city where there's not that many bike lanes in Dallas. So moving to Austin was a bit of a shocker because <laughs> there are so many more bike lanes. I mean, there should be more than there are, but they are there are a lot of bike lanes in Austin in comparison to Dallas, where in the areas I was driving, there were basically none. So it took me a while to get used to there being bikes at all anywhere <laughs> near my car. Um, especially living around campus where people bike a lot of places. That, so that really would be beneficial. It would have been beneficial to learn that, you know, in driver's ed, hey, there are places where there are bikes. <laughs> so you, you need to be more aware. Motorcycles as well. You got to watch for that because some places they allow the motorcycles to drive on the center, la center line and some places not. So you got to be very aware of those things too. Which I realize is like better because if you're in standstill traffic and you can let motorcycles get out of the way, it makes more room for cars and then they can get out of the way and it is supposed to speed up traffic. But it's so terrifying if that's not 
what's okay from where you're from and all of a sudden there's a motorcycle just zipping by you oh my word it's the most terrifying thing in the world <laughs> it makes me so scared i'm like i'm gonna hit them they're gonna hit me somebody's gonna die what do we do yeah it's a little, it's a little panic inducing for sure transportation communities is really important because it's affecting like who's coming into your communities who feels welcome in those communities and how easy it is to skirt around like i said at the beginning that's the first thing I notice when I go somewhere new is how easy was it for me to get there? Um, and how did I get there? And if it's so natural that you don't even think about it, I think you're doing a great job and people are going to want to come back, whether they're coming to visit a friend or whether they're a tourist stopping in or whether they're thinking about moving there. Um, making sure that transportation is so accessible and so easy to use is going to affect your community forever um and people see roads before they see houses you think you see the house first but you really see the road first and your brain just subconsciously acknowledges like oh this is a really crappy road oh this is a really nice road um and then you look at what's around um and so if you have transportation that works for people they're going to want to move there if you have nice public transportation in an area of like um there's a really large immigrant population in San Antonio, um, kind of sort of near where you live. Uh, and I know a lot of them can't get driver's license, don't have driver's licenses, and have to walk places. And so they were so reliant on public transportation. And I don't know which one came first, whether it was um, the city of San Antonio said, oh, like these people really need public transportation, let's put it in. or if those people moved there because there was easy access to public transportation to get them to jobs, to get them to their friends who live in different communities um, when they can't drive. And that makes such a big difference for that whole community um, and changes everything. And I know a lot of them just walk places because that's what they're used to or because the public transportation in San Antonio is not awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so critical in how your city functions, I think, because that's how people are getting around it. If they can't get around, your city's not going to function. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big thing when you realize that people move. Like when you have friends and they move across the city, if you'd say giant pain to get there, <laughs> it kind of cuts, basically means that friend doesn't exist for you anymore, which is, yeah. can be really hard when you, you know, you've known someone for years and years and suddenly you can't really get to them easier, easy because you don't have, you know, a car or the transportation takes so long. It's an entire, you know, ordeal just to get, you know, 10 miles down the road. I can see. Yeah, and then if that friend doesn't have a car and it's always on you to get to them because they just can't get to you very easily, it severs that relationship so quickly. And not because I, you've gotten a fight or anything, it's just a lot harder to be in communication with them because you can't see them even though they're in the same city. Yeah. It's really frustrating. <laughs> So, anything anything else you want to chat about? I mean, I could keep talking about this, and we could keep talking about all of these topics, and I could keep talking about it, but 
<laughs> I will not talk about it forever because nobody else wants to hear about it as much as I do. Unless you're listening to like Talking Headways or one of these other podcasts that they do where every week they're like, let's talk about transportation again. And I'm like, ah, yes, let's do it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers it for today. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to me talk about one of my favorite things. Uh, as always, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Not Instagram. We're not on Instagram yet. We don't really have a reason to because it's audio. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Coffeeside Chat. And if you have any questions, feedback, or anything, send us an email at um, coffeesidepodcast at gmail.com. Have a good one. Bye. See you guys.